0: Ron at a dream, so you'll just want to share that with us.
1: On Friday evening, um, I had this dream that just stuck, and it just sort of sat different, and um, when I was praying about it, I felt that there's significance for us as a, a congregation in it. So, in the dream, I, I woke up in the dream, and um, it was, like, as I woke up, I realized that that day I was supposed to be cycling the Cape Epic, um, and like, I realized that I haven't prepared at all. Like, I haven't been training or anything. But I was, like, very casual about, about cycling the epic. And the day went on and went about things and sort of came to the place where, where it's starting. And it, it was here in Yonkersuk. And um, then all of a sudden, there was, like, the gunshots and stuff. And I was like, so what's, what's going on now? And like, no, it's the, the race is actually starting. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. It's like, shucks, I'm not ready at all and I don't have my clothes, I don't have a bicycle even with me, Um, and I'm realizing this, and and in the dream, my dad's also there, and my dad's like, but you knew that this day was coming, and you didn't prepare for it, and I'm getting frustrated, and I'm like, in the back of my mind, I know I was supposed to be preparing, but like, uh, it's scrambling around and stuff, and so I start running around trying to figure out where I can get the clothes and all the gear for this, and I bump into someone in the Yonkersuk Road that I know, he's like, no, it's fine, we'll I'll quickly try and help you, and so we go to his house, and he starts assembling the bicycle, like the bicycle isn't even <laughs> assembled yet, so he, he assembles the bicycle, and he's like, okay, here's the bicycle, he's like, uh, do you maybe have clothes for me, and he's like looking, and he has clothes, and then he's like, um, do you have shoes, I was like, shucks, no, I don't even have cleats, it's like, okay, cool, and then when he gives me it, I realize, but I've never actually cycled with cleats before, um, and so I'm, I'm like, try- trying to ask him and he's patient and explaining to me how this thing works but now I've got to get the bicycle back to the starting point where my teammate is waiting for me and I'm struggling I can't even get the cleats in I'm really struggling to p- do this bicycle the the clothes are uncomfortable eventually I get to the starting point and my teammate is waiting but it's a person I don't know at all and now, it's this awkward thing, we late for the race, and the, like, I knew the race was coming, my teammate is ready, he's ready to go, he's been training, I'm not equipped for this, and, and because we don't have a good relationship, like, it's, it's this awkward sort of thing. So he starts, I'm still struggling to get my feet into this, he goes far ahead of me, and then he realizes he has to wait for me, and, and I feel awkward because I don't actually have a relationship with him. Um, and that was sort of the, the crux of the dream um, from there on, I don't really remember. And there was, um, just in, in praying about it, there was three things that sort of stood out for me. So the, the first one was just the, the whole nonchalant attitude of, of knowing that something significant that requires me to focus and requires me to train is coming, but I just keep putting it off. Um, like, there's just this attitude, like, oh, it's, I, know, I know it's going to come, but whatever. When it comes, it comes. So that was the first thing. The second thing was um, when the thing came that I didn't have the right equipment, and I didn't know how to use the equipment that I was supposed to be using. Um, so it also speaks to, like, the preparation area, but just I didn't actually have what I was supposed to, um, and even though it was available, there wasn't that skill to actually make use of it. And then the third thing was just the stranger that was supposed to be my teammate. Um, like, we were supposed to have a relationship. We were supposed to be in this thing together. Um, and yet, he was this random sort of guy. And and even with the situation, if there was the sense that, like, we were in this together, it would have changed even with the difficulty of, of figuring out all those things. So, those were the three three things I felt. All right. Look, it's. it's I
0: mean, if, if you know the how we would see the church, that's three fairly important ingredients that that we would see as very much part of of what we are all about. You know, and um, I. I recently in 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 speaking to people and speaking about the church, just. Um, you know, it's it's like you, you get you get different people coming a, across your path that all are serving Jesus. They're all born again people, you know, and and you you kind of hear what what makes them tick. You kind of hear what 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 is this race that they are on, you know? Where are they running towards, right? Um, and uh, um, I think um, there's just so many races that. That, and so many causes that the church and the Christianity are, are, are pulled towards, you know. And I, I want to, if, if anything, make sure that all of us here knows, knows in line with Jesus and the purposes of God before the foundation of the earth, that we are not running in vain. That when Paul says, the very thing that Jesus taken hold of me of, I want to take hold of that. I don't want to take hold of something that Jesus didn't take hold of me. I don't want to just kind of run in vain, or even at worst, just kind of step out of any other race. I mean, I'm going to heaven, and I? Type of settle on that, and that score, right? And to, to just <laughs> again see, that, that this race <laughs> becomes clear for us, right? Now, uh, you know, there's, there's three things, uh, and, and, and there might be more, but at least three things in Scripture that I found in the New Testament that, that, Jesus, that Jesus said, or, or, or the New Testament tell us, until this things happen, Jesus is not coming back, right? The first one is in, in Matthew 24, and it, it's interesting that he, he says it in line of, there's going to be wars. Oh, Jesus is coming back. Like, uh, the, don't let these things shake you. There's going to be, oh, famines. There's going to be, uh, oh, pandemics. It's like all kinds of things that are not unfamiliar to our days. And Jesus like, those birth pains, you know, th- don't worry. But, but then he's in, in the line of, of all the things that's going to go on. All the things that he even called will deceive the church, that will cause the church to run after. Right? All right? He is. please, do, do not get deceived. <laughs> stay the course here. And then he continued. And he says, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back until this gospel is preached to every tribe and every town. It's like, look, I, I hear the world is going to be ravished with all kinds of stuff going on. Like, stay, stay the course, guys. Stay the course of this mission. Don't get caught up in all these things. Don't be thrown here and there. By all these things. I'm not coming back until. And it's like if we would ask this question, do we want Jesus to come back? <laughs> do you, you know, it's like, what can you do to make Jesus come back? Oh, bring peace in the war between Russia and Ukraine. No, that's not going to cause Jesus to come back. That's not adding to the return of Jesus. Right? Ultimately, the thing that's going to add to the return of Jesus is the gospel being preached every tribe and tongue, that is the mission, and I know, you know, it's, it's, it's so familiar almost, it's so basic that we put it back again, and then we just get caught up in causes, and I, we'll, we'll, we'll look at, I know a little bit to all the causes that there is, but, and then the second one for me is the until, the until word is the, is the beauty, but is in Ephesians 4, I mean, Jesus speaks about, well, Paul speaks about the church, and he says, until the church comes, and he gives three things, three attributes of the church, they will come to the knowledge of Jesus, they will come to the unity of the faith, and the fullness of the measure of the, of, 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 of they, they will come and be a living, breathing Jesus, they will represent him on the earth well, and he gives us certain things of what will be leading up to bring that about, and he will tell us how that looks like. He says, when the church represents Jesus well, again, I mean, I, 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 let's not, let's not get sidetracked on all kinds of other causes, and all kinds of other things that's calling for our attention, right? And I, I'm not saying that there's, that, that, you know, looking after your lawn and your, and your dog and, and all those type of things is not, it's like, not at all worry about it, but come on, fundamental, foundational, the thing that we throw ourselves on remain this thing, right? And then lastly is in, uh, I think it's in Revelation 6. This is a different one. <laughs> I but that's uh, when the fifth seal is being broken open, there's a bunch of martyrs, guys, that's been killed for Jesus. And then they crying out, How oh, long, how oh, long, O oh Lord? Shall we still wait? And Jesus says to them, well, until your full number is coming in, and Jesus is waiting because there's a certain amount of people that he is allotted to be martyred. And unless that number is full, he's not coming back. You want to work for the return of Jesus? <laughs> Stellenbosch is the wrong town, guys. It's not going to happen here. You're going to be very good to make that happen in Stellenbosch. But... I mean, these these are these are the things people dying for his faith that moves Jesus' heart, right? These are the things that that um, the causes that that we are we are pulled into. Now, one uh, one of the things that's unfortunate about our culture is that it is really so so individualistic, right? And um, I to, to just again make, make the Bible very 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 clear, even though we know that in the way that we apply it to our lives, becomes very, very individualistic. So when, when, when the Old Testament, and look, I'm speaking about the whole Old Testament here, right? the first few chapters, and then we get to God in chapter 12 of the first book, in Genesis, uh, Genesis 12, calling up a man that will be the father of a nation. And from that time on, he's dealing with a nation. Every prophet that he rises up is not to just help you in your your personal day in in affairs and that type of things, is ultimately called unto a nation to see that nation becomes a praise into the earth. Everything, every historical book, every person that is there, every prophet that God rises up is to see a nation rising up. It is this corporate thing, right? And we come and we go back to the Old Testament and we take in 2022, and find a verse that applies to my little life situation, go ping, right? But surely, if we are true to how this was written, and if we really look at the context, I mean, you don't even have to be a Bible scholar here. Come on, Saki, you agree with me, right? (laughs) Uh, Thank you, thank you. right? is to see that God has called the people with these prophets. He makes it clear that I'm going to rise up, the Messiah. This is going to be different. Because this is not going to be only a people that will be the king of a nation, natural. But all nations and all tribes will find home with Him. He will establish a kingdom, right? And then to the increase of this government, there will be no end. This kingdom will not be from below, but it will be from above. It will be not natural Jerusalem, it will be heavenly Jerusalem. And then, when we encounter the New Testament, listen again. I'm I'm just, I'm, 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 every letter, every, every epistle. Without exception, is written to see the church of God come to its fullness. Every, every one, without exception. And the problem with the individualistic mindset then is we cut out the complete context, and it's me in the center. Right? Now, sure, in some ways, we can find the Bible and and, and, and use it to that thing, but we are stepping away from the original context and from how and to whom it was written. Right? It was to see this called-out group of people (laughs) represent Jesus then, then well. Now, you know, um, when, when we speak about the church, and, the, and, and I, I'm, I'm sometimes even cautious to speak about the church. It's like, oh, speak about it again, all right? And the, the, the connections, whenever you speak about the church, it's like, oh, it's just a man pushing his vision, right? Who can get the biggest church in town? And so it's a man drilling people to that vision, which is actually then just a man behind it all, that is very selfish, and that whole thing. And I know for sure that's been true, and that people has done that. All right. But just because in so many ways, there's been so many things that's done wrong doesn't mean that, that which the intent of God always, we cannot, we cannot, we cannot move away from, from that. Right. And uh, um, so, I want to read you guys uh, a verse in Ephesians, Ephesians 3. So, it's again, I mean, if you've been around with us, you might have, you might have heard this verse, okay? So Ephesians 3, verse 10 says, To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God may, might be made known by the... I like it. Church! Wow. <laughs> to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Now this is according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, the eternal purpose. Before Adam and Eve sinned, God had the purpose for the church.
1: Adam and Eve
0: did not bring about the purpose of the church. Their fall. No. Even before the foundation of the earth, before any sin, before the fall of Satan, God had a purpose that he wants to reflect his son, Jesus Christ, And he wants to reflect it through a people group. And even the fall of man did not stop him to bring about that purpose. That his life will be reflected through a people. And this I will show off. My stage. My show off stage is not just a couple of nations. My show off. My stage is the heavenly host. And the heavenly host will look down and see the reflection of Jesus through a, a, a people The manifold, the gifts, the hug, (laughs) the the, the teacher, the prophet, the strong, the gentle, all of them here, the different facetedness of Jesus together reveals this, oh, Jesus, you're awesome. It's interesting, you know. I mean, so many songs. So many songs has been uh, about ten years ago, a decade ago. That was the, uh, the worship songs of the of the time. Was was how uh, um, how magnificent is God, and how we look at God's magnificence is at creation. I mean, He's created the stars. Do you know how far is a star away? It's billions and billions and billions of kilometers away. And do you know that? And the Milky Way is like. In this, do you know God created it all? He is so magnificent. When Jesus reveals and shows off His awesomeness, He doesn't once reflect to the creation. He says, that, that doesn't, the stars can't love. The stars can't show compassion. The stars are great. Look, I'll, I'll do it again. All right? Let it be. I mean, that's not... But that doesn't reveal, that's not the crown of my glory, that's not the thing that will unto this this heavenly host stage reveal the manifold wisdom, the facetness, the awesomeness of who I am. I only have one vehicle for that. That's the church. You know, when I was in St. Petersburg, it struck me, it was, uh, when I saw it the first time, it was such a beautiful city, it was it was so awesome. I'm not the, I'm not someone again in architecture, it's not my thing, right? But jeez, that was amazing. That was really amazing. The the beauty of the palaces and the it was overwhelming. Water streets, I mean, it was just um, I, I almost said to somebody, I did say to someone for a moment, I think this is the only city that's more beautiful than Cape Town. <laughs> I changed, I repented later for saying that. <laughs> but but you know, it's it's funny when you when you when you go there the second time. It's, it's, it's the same. <laughs> and the third time, it's it's again the same. It's it, it's not manifold. It's not many facetedness. Yeah, you in know the church, every time I come to it, I see something different. It's a wealth of discovery. It's a wealth of discovery. This vehicle, this vehicle, Scholl. I mean, every time I I see Scholl, it's a a new discovery. It's like, what? It's just one guy. (laughs) And then you see Scholl, and you see Scholl relates with somebody else. It's completely different than him, right? Scholl and Kyle lives together. I mean, that's... The manifold wisdom of God right there. <laughs> it's like, and yet it works. Yet something, there's a unity, and there's a life that's flowing between the two, even though it's so different. And you go like, oh, something of Jesus is, something of Jesus is being revealed through that, that the, the, the single facetness of St. Petersburg. Can never, never do it. There's only one vehicle, only one vehicle that was created before the foundation of the earth to reflect it. Here it is. It's this church, (laughs) and the problem is, you know, that we come, many of us comes out of an idea of of church, which is attending a Sunday meeting. You know, it's it's what we do, and so for so long. The message, the message was come to church. Right? Now, that's not the message of the church. The message of the church is let your kingdom come. That's the message of Jesus' saying. But Jesus says, the vehicle will be my church. You, You do understand the difference here. We have not accomplished anything by having people merely attending a Sunday meeting. But we have, we have accomplished the big purposes of God if the church starts functioning and reflecting Jesus in every facet. And that, that is the thing. That according to the eternal purposes of God, this vehicle through this will reflect Jesus. And we labor, let me tell you, Paul would say that, I labor, I preach, I preach Christ and Him crucified. Any work on the earth, any work on the earth that doesn't in His foundation needs Christ and Him crucified is secondary to God's purpose. Whether it's feeding the poor, whether it's feeding the poor, whether it's feeding the poor, it's secondary. It doesn't need Christ and Him crucified. Whether it's causing social peace in, on this earth. Reconciliation between Russia and Ukraine, right? I mean, Russia and Ukraine, anyway, is just highlighted because the media choose to. There's so many. I'm just, today, there's a guy, one of our missionaries that's in um, Malawi. He says he's just speaking to guys from the Congo. There is a massive war breaking open between nor- the Congo and Rwanda at the moment. And people are being I mean, smashed. People are being killed like... Probably, I don't know, more than the Ukraine, but a lot. No one uh, didn't make CNN, <laughs> right? But yet, all of these things are going on, and we can, be, we can be pulled into all of these things if its foundation is not Christ and Him crucified. If anything on the earth that you can do without Christ and Him crucified, it's secondary. It's the, it's the tester for me. It's so easy. Boom. Boom. Could you do it without Christ being crucified? Could you? (laughs) Is the foundation other than Jesus? Is the end other than Jesus secondary? And I, I mean, I'm speaking of big causes here stopping abortion in America, stopping abortion in South Africa. It's a big cause, it's secondary. It's secondary. Paul didn't give him up. Paul didn't throw himself on human sacrifice stoppings in political spheres, And did he think it was right? Of course he would think it was wrong. But I gave myself to this thing. Christ and Him crucified. Any work that could have come up apart from that is secondary to me. I mean, and it, it's like the apostles who say, please, Paul, just look after the poor now and then as well. Yeah, sorry, I almost forgot. Yeah, 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 I'll do it. But let it be known today that the primary call of what God has given us is this thing, right? And that we will be called to this end continuously, all right? There's one end. This is easy. There's one end and there's one vehicle. There's one end, which is Christ being revealed and there's one vehicle. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, that's the only vehicle. It's the only thing that Jesus is building on the earth, is the church. It's the only thing. He said it. On this rock, Christ and Him crucified, I will build my church. I don't build anything else. Only vehicle, only end. <laughs> and so then in Ephesians 4, and I, this is my favorite chapter. Again, if you've been with us for like longer than two months, you might have seen me use this portion. But... <laughs> It's so close to my heart, and so, so, so let me just say on, on, on Ephesians, that does make it, Ephesians, the whole Bible is important, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I'll tell you why I think Ephesians are so special, right? Probably, yes, I'm, I'm walking carefully, all right, but probably, <laughs> it's a good <laughs> probably, what it will be called, we'll refer to as as a general letter. Because all Paul's letters was written to a specific congregation with specific issues. And please stop being so religious. Galatians, right? Um, To the Corinthians, stop being so lawless. You know, it's, it's like... Is every church has its issues and he's writing to it. But when he got to Ephesians, what most people believe is it was not written to a specific group of people. You would see it's the very impersonal letter as well. There's not a specific group of people that he had in mind. Paul, if Paul could write the book, The Normal Christian Life. <laughs> if Paul could have gone like, if I could tell you what Christianity is all about. If we could step back and look what is the big picture of what it is all about, it's Ephesians. For once, I don't have to sit still and say, please stop sleeping with your stepmother. And uh, please, please eat communion. I had, to do, I had to do it with the Corinthians. Please eat, do communion properly. Please don't misuse the gifts. If I can just step, abo- uh, step back and just sit still and tell you guys what it is all about, it's Ephesians. All right? So, as I said, the whole Bible is important, <laughs> but so maybe just skip to verse 8, otherwise we're getting long. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, that's Jesus, he let captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens that he might fill all things and as he is ascended he gave gifts to the men all right chapter 11 and he himself gave some to be apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers and so for a very long time in the church it was full stop by the way Ephesians 4:11 to 4:16 is the longest sentence in the Bible. You know when a guy's very excited, and he, he, he can't stop. That's Paul and Ephesians, you know. Abundantly above what we can think or imagine. That's his language the whole time, right? That's an excited guy. So, I just want to say in 11, for, for a large part in the church, the church was defined by 11. The church was... Defined by the man of God. And ministries and people were flocking to 11. Where is the apostle? Where is the prophet? And then we will sit with them. And ministries was built around this. Right? But we, we, we woke up and realized, actually 12 comes after 11. All right? And so then there was verse 12. It says, for the cooking of the saints. For the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, as a movement, or as a people, right, we never, we never want to sit. And I, I'll just say it for the thousandth time, maybe thousand and one time. But we realize we have accomplished nothing by you guys listening to this sermon. In fact, did you guys venture all the way over a river? You listen to a sermon, well, you could stay home and get a guy that's much, much more eloquent on YouTube. Why do you laugh? It's a <laughs> <laughs> Cup of coffee, blanket, YouTube. You can choose. You can choose any of the fivefold gifts. Anything, any flavor, anything that you want. You could Choose. But we are different. Because we're not just a ministry or a sermon. But we are a people group. We are people that's on our way, if I may, from Egypt to the Promised Land. And it, as a people that's on a journey that God walks with step by step. And as a family, as a group of people, He shows us, well. As a people, don't stay here. Move on here, for instance, now. Now, the reason why that is, it is applicable to us as a people. Now, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a funky name now. In whatever nation, <laughs> right? You can put play and, and, and listen to his, his teaching. And I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to get great stuff out of it. It's awesome. But he's not on this journey. He's not journeying together. But we, not me or us as elders, we are on this journey, every one of us, together. And we find trying to hear God as a people, as he deals with us as a people, to get to where he wants us. It's not about sitting in a pulpit. You know, I, uh, I said to the leaders the other day, we, we, we had a, a, a guy joining us, and I, I realized his understanding of the church and our understanding of the church is different, right? And so, for him, it was quite good that he could come to a Sunday here and listen to our sermons, right? Um, he, he would prefer that above YouTube, right? I think it was just tradition that made him believe that that's better. There's no viable reason why it's better. So, and uh, at some stage I said to him, look, but that's just not how we're going to do church. I I don't find any pleasure by just you filling a seat on a Sunday. The purpose for why we are here is we want to see you activated, growing up, and doing the things of the kingdom. And I just want to tell you now, I'm not going to stop it. I'm going to push you to that the whole time. I'm not going to stop. I, I don't see the church in any other way. I'm not going to settle for anything else. I'm going to annoy you. And he says, look, look, that's just not how we, we are and how we're going to set it. All right, but then, uh, we, we, <laughs> then maybe you should go find some somewhere else. Now, I was, I'm trying to be kind here, but we're going to frustrate one another all the time. If you're just going to sit here. Right? No, I want to say, with, 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 with all the love that I can, you know, I want to say that if you're going to be part of us, if you're going to be on this journey with us, and we're not going to let you go. We're not going to be happy while you just sitting, sitting on a chair. It's just not enough for us. We're going to throw ourselves and labor to this end that Christ is forming you. And when we see Christ is not there, we're going to in the best loving way that we can, give ourselves to get it there. And we're going to not stop until you do what God has called you for. We're going to push you the whole time. We're not going to go like, Justine, oh, so sorry, oh, that worship didn't work. All right. <laughs> Maybe for you and me, it's, uh, it's, it's better, you know. Justine is, <laughs> Justine is an emotional lady, right? Afterwards, I had to find all the everything in me to encourage her, Justine. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright, right? right? <laughs> we, we we keep on trusting, we keep on believing, right? Boom. And just something something break up. But that's that's the that's how it's gonna be with everybody here. Now, if you want to be a visitor, that's fine. We're gonna you free. But if you're gonna be part. <laughs> that's the choice. It's a choice if you're gonna be part. That's what we're gonna give ourselves for right? Now, um, verse 13 says, until, and it's the until, until we all come, <laughs> it's like maybe just the half, just the core, just the guys that come to the front and worship really hard. The rest, I mean, let's just settle for a 50-50, yeah? until we all, <laughs> I can't stop it, man. I'm sorry, we can't. If you're there at the back, I need to, we need to go get you. I mean, I'm not being physical, you guys understand that If you're not ready for the race, it's like, all right, let's just settle with a team that's three guys, two guys can stay home, right? We can't. We need to settle that everybody is in this team until we all come to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, unity of the faith, knowing Jesus, to a perfect man, to represent Jesus, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is beautiful. Now verse 14, on the flip side, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And I feel that the church is coming to maturity when the gaze is set. And the church is not thrown to this course and then this course and then this thing. I uh, um, I um, joked about it a while ago, but you know, you know, um, <clears throat> the one-world order, right? That's in the book of Revelation. It isn't in the book of Revelation. <laughs> I, I know we all grew up with the one-world order. That is, at the end times, is going to come about, right? Now, I know, I know all of us grew up with it, but have you ever seen the guy says the one-world order that's in the book of Revelation? He never tells you what verse in Revelation. (laughs) No, I'm serious. It's not there. But you see, I I was thinking about it. How did it come to it that the whole church will bite on this one-world order that we need to prevent at all costs? I mean, they tell us it's going to come in anyway, but now we need to try and prevent it as well. Because the Antichrist is going to come through it, which the Bible tells us he's going to come, but we need to somehow try and stop the Antichrist as well. I mean, if he's going to come, he's going to come. I mean, there's nothing that we can do to stop him. I mean, you don't want to stop the purposes of God. God told us he's going to come, right? But I, you know what I think is, is, is this one world order? In America, America is divided in two parties, okay? There's a red pill and a blue pill, all right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. And so, the the one party is very strong nationalistic. And they, by the way, also have the label of the Christian party. Or at least they are the more Christians, right? Conservative and all those things. And then you have the the more liberal party that would be more into uh, globalism. They're not so nationalistic. Now, I was wondering, globalism has become so demonized that that is the start of what will be called the One World Order. (laughs) And it's been able to be demonized in such a way, (laughs) right, that it got the whole church on a mission to fight the One World Order. And I'm just saying, how did we get there? How did we how did we get pulled into these type of causes? Right? Make America great again. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> 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 make, <laughs> make South Africa great again. And all these things. I mean this there's prayer meetings that goes on for hours and hours to see these things come about on the earth. There's prayer movements that's 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 back these things for Forever. That's what they do. And yet, my intercessions, my, my watchman on the wall, I'm just, will not stop, will not give God any rest until Jerusalem is a praise unto the earth. <laughs> and somehow we just get caught up in all kinds of other causes. I, I mean, I, I don't want to, but uh, yeah, like, luckily we're so post vaccine now. I know, but uh, just a couple of months ago. I mean, that was the, the prevalent thing on the church. It was like, this is the battle. This is right. you we draw the line, right? Oh, whether we, we, we do vaccines or not vaccines, right? Obviously, we know what is more godly. <laughs> 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 but it, it, it deceived the church to fight the battle. That was not the cause of what we are, are pulled into. And I, I'm, I'm like, there's wars on the earth. And I'm not saying that it's wrong for us to pray for peace for those wars. But I, I, I so badly want to get to the Church of Russia now. And so just to the guys that are there. Because I see that they've again just been pulled into a different battle, a different race. And I understand it's close to their hearts, and I understand it's closer to them than to, to us. But I, we need to call them and say, listen, guys, that's not the war of the kingdom. This is not the race by which we are called to. We're still to see that Jesus is being proclaimed, and we're still to see that the group of people will be raised up to represent Him well. That's our cause. That's our purpose. Right? So, I... I feel maturity will be around if churches are not every week. That CNN doesn't determine what our prayer requests look like. <laughs> really. Can the scriptures and can Jesus just dictate our pace? And so news outlets don't throw us this way and that way. Okay. Verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into all things, into Him who is the head, Christ. You know, I, uh, um, when, when we were in Japan a couple of years ago, I had this opportunity that um, there was a group of believers, 10 believers, way away from everybody else. I mean, Japan is a small, small, uh, geographically small, but they were group, isolated group, and her dad, which is a pastor, would go there once every couple of months and just give a word to these guys. That's the best that they get, right? And so, my dad says, oh, my father-in-law, my dad, huh, he says, like, you know, you, you, can, you can go there and, uh, and go with me there. So, I'm thinking, it's like, can we kind of start a church there? It's like, you know, do whatever you want, you know? So I'm so excited, I'm thinking, look, we're gonna start something there, put some principles of church life in there, step back, and then every now and then I'll just write them a letter. All <laughs> right? <laughs> Which chat the meetings they will read to. So, so. so I uh um oh, it was many years ago. I was uh, so I <laughs> I I I I get there and uh <clears throat> I set certain rules in place. I said, guys, can you come together once, once a week, get together like this? Can you guys just be open to one another and share what, what you guys going through? Then you're not allowed to gossip. That is one of the rules that helps in the Japanese church. Then you also have to end up on a positive, meaning you can't just tell everybody how much your life sucks. Otherwise, this is not going to be an encouraging meeting. I like put all kinds of uh, things in place. And as I'm just sharing this, you know, people started sharing their experience. Before I know it, you know, I see this group functioning. There one lady shares her problem, and then uh, some people give advice. I mean, it's, I don't even understand what they're saying. It's in Japanese, but I can see they're kind of functioning body-like, right? And I... Uh, um, <laughs> Church body life. So, then... Um, <clears throat> then I see there was one unbeliever in the meeting. I see this person is enjoying the meeting just as much as everybody else. In fact, she's functioning probably better than the <laughs> rest. I mean, she's giving more advice than everybody else, you know, and it's just, so I walk away there, and I'm thinking, phew, this is interesting, and, and uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I said to the Lord, um, you know, what, what's wrong there? I thought I had all the church ingredients. There was fellowship. There was community. There was a meal. There was, you know, there, there was uh, transparency. There was everything there. And I felt the Lord, it was one of those things. I felt the Lord said to me, uh, the reason why that thing is not working is because you've built it in the foundation of church life, but not on Christ. And so the whole purpose of the church coming together is to grow people up in Jesus, <laughs> right? The end is not merely community life. The end is not merely all of these things. It's to raise people up in Jesus. And so there is something of us speaking the truth and love to one another. It's just not an advice club. It's not an a, a, um, a AA. <laughs> but our aim ultimately is to in everything find ways to speak the truth and love to one another. I want to say this. I want to say this. What do you want to say? The measure of truth that we can speak into one another, the measure of life that we can speak into one another, is going to be the depth of relationship that we have, right? I, can, I see Shaul now. I, 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 I give it to Shaul, right? Shaul takes shots from me, like, like big time, right? But I know I've got a relationship with him, and Shaul, he can give it back to me, right? Just be careful, I'm older than you, right? <laughs> But there's this there's, there's relationship over time that has allowed us to speak the truth and to encourage one another quickly. How, how further people are on the outside, how harder it is, and how less benefit you find of this beauty of the church. And we need to kind of walk on shell, you know, eggshells, it's like on this bridge building course and how to find and so on. And I know we, we, we all work on this thing. But I want to say the effectiveness of the church is going to be found in how well we know one another, and dare to go deep. All right, dare to go there with one another. And I, sorry, I'm I'm going to finish up. And verse 16 is beautiful. Verse 16 says, verse 16, "Let me let me read it. I'm, my, From whom the whole body, Jesus, joined and knit together by which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share." So. It, it ends up, and it says, when the body comes into maturity, is found when every member, every member, no one is called to sit on a chair as an end. Every member does its part. Every person in this room, every single person in this room is gifted. Every single person in this room is gifted. And every single person in this room is has been eagerly awaiting by all of heaven to walk in their gifting. And the church has come to maturity to the extent, not what one man is powerful in his preaching. The maturity of the church is measured by the percentage of people that's operating in what God has called them for. That's how you measure it. Not how many clicks they got on YouTube. <laughs> You can get millions of clicks on YouTube, and you can find a group of people where only two people is functioning. And you can have no clicks on YouTube. I'm telling you, this is genuinely, the maturity is measured like this. No clicks on YouTube, but every member is doing his part, and Jesus goes like, bah, maturity. Right? And so I'm wondering here, if I'm asking you, what's the percentage of us? What's the percentage of us that's functioning? i mean, looking around now. I'm I'm i getting this view now. <laughs> I want to say. I want to ask. As as the race is about to, as the race has been going on from before the foundation of the earth, which all of us are called on to, can we all wake up to this call? And just get to the simplicity of what Jesus has called us for. And can it all with everything that we have. I mean, what else is there? Give ourselves to see this thing happening. Cool. I'm praying. Just before I pray, I actually wanted to add an announcement. There's a, there's a 412 equipping town. Where the Firefold Ministry is going to equip the saints. <laughs> it's going to be in October. And it's the first time that all of 412... Is gonna come together and be able to come together, right? I want. I, I'm asking you guys, right? Uh, I want to say, look, I'm, I'm full time, so it's in that way easy. I, I've, I've over time seen Martinez in the cell, that is doing what would I say, normal, normal job, and so uh, Martinez has limited leave time, like normal people has, right? Limited leave time, what he can take. He takes his leave time and orders his leave time in the limited days that he has to make sure that he can be at the, the equip times at 4.12. It's that value. All right? That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lose some of my holiday days, which is, you know, harmonious or whatever. And I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be in that type of equipping times. And I, I, I was like, yes, I know it's like conference. I could have just gone to YouTube. But if we truly see... <laughs> what the church is, and if we truly see that God called us as a people, and we truly see the the, the importance of fivefold equipping us, then we will make, uh, make high value. So, I want to ask, as I'm, I'm giving this announcement, but let's make every effort for us to be at that time. I'll put the details on the, on the group before I leave. It will be my last act. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm praying. But Jesus, your purpose is so, so beautiful. Jesus, the stage is set. It's just so beautiful. The heavenly host, the heavenly host, that you want to show off who you are. I thank you, Father, that that vehicle you find in us as your people. And Father, this cause, this race, this thing that you've set out, this this thing that you have taken hold of us for, this thing that you've died for, Jesus, we want to line ourselves up again with that thing, Father. And Father, we want to pray every other cause, every other thing that has made us numb towards that, Father. We pray, Lord, just today again, we want to let go of those things, Jesus. And again, align ourselves, Father, with the eternal, with the thing that moves you above everything else, Jesus. We praise your name in Jesus' name.